What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Smoothie. This is episode number 318. Uh, this is a very special episode where we're going to go over the final three Nightmare on Elm Street films in our Watch Em All series. But before we get to that, I'm Steve, I'm one of the co-hosts, and I'm here as always with Brad and John. That they are. Uh, this this little endeavor that we've done to get through this franchise is taken longer than some of our other ones, it feels like. Hold on. Um, but we are wrapping this up in the month of October, which is kind of fun because it's nice to watch spooky movies in the spookiest month of the year. Um, whether they're good or bad movies, we'll soon discuss, but, um, I think, I think we've seen these movies before. I know Ronald, you said you hadn't really seen them. I mean, I know I definitely have John has, but, uh, you've watched some of these for the first time, Ronald. So that'll be exciting. I'm excited to really just kind of get your raw take on (laughs) watching them as an adult for the first time uh, as a part of, you know, what could be deemed homework for your podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, so it's good. We're going to wrap this up. We're going to get three different movies. We're going to be going over Wes Craven's new nightmare, uh, Freddy vs. Jason and the nightmare on Elm street remake. Um, basically, what is that? Like over the course of like 16 years, 16, 17 years, these three movies kind of came out. Um, and in a lot of ways, they couldn't be more different from one another. I think John or somebody mentioned on our text thread, like these three are interesting to talk about together because there are three very different approaches to ways in which to prolong this franchise or try to, you know, keep it fresh and keep it in, you know, on, on people's minds and in the box office, I guess, in some way. But I guess I'm curious, like, what did you guys think going into watching these three? I know, Ron, like I said, you're kind of new to them, John, like. Any any feelings about these before you rewatch them, or or where were you for this last uh, watch them all effort that we're doing here? I'm curious. I was curious about tone. For a second, I thought you said you're furious. I, I said I'm fit. I, I thought you said, said you're said? furious. I was just oh. you know I I I've I've sensed oh. a little bit of like a <laughs> reluctance like, on your part yeah. to 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 <laughs> to watch these movies. And so for a second, I thought you said I'm furious. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm furious, and I'm mad at you fuckers for letting me. <laughs> No, no, no. So I I was curious because um, Wes Craven hadn't really touched these films for quite some time. And then New Nightmare comes and I'm wondering about the feelings that I get, the tone that I get with this one. And funny enough, you can see kind of the infancy of Scream and and, uh, New Nightmare where it's like this kind of deconstruction of whatever it is that he's tackling at the time. And it it must have been because of complete exhaustion from the genre. It felt like when I was watching this one in comparison to all the other ones, Freddy versus Jason is kind of like an homage to both properties, but New Nightmare in particular felt like it was Wes Craven saying, I'm sick of doing this shit. I'm sick of people eating off of this whole property and i'm gonna try something a little different a little more self-aware a little crazy and he goes for it and i like that about it i actually wound up liking that movie a lot more than i thought so that's the first thing feeling i got i the the freddie versus jason and the remake i didn't really have such an attachment to so much as uh you know west curiosity yeah Wes Craven touching this one felt a little more special. Which, which right, right. What about you, John? 
Um, you know, I, I I have seen these movies before. The, the the remake was the one I'd only seen once before, and 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 relatively recently, to the extent that I wondered if I would watch it again. And so I kind of scan. I have to admit, I kind of scanned through it. Um, right, right. <laughs> because I'd seen it recently enough. But I, you know, I got I I, I stopped and watched more of it than I thought I would do. But um, <clears throat> new nightmare. Do you hold your remote I, like? Do you hold your remote like this? I, I or do guess you hold so. it like this? Yeah, are you like see. one of these? Are you one of these? Oh, are no, 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 no. no. I'm definitely a, uh, I do. You're thumb. Oh, you're, you're, Steve. No, I'm a thumber. You're a thumb. I'm a thumber, I'm a thumber too. I, I, Who the I'm hell uses an index finger on a that, remote? That seems like you would, I've seen you would lose, do a little, dex, lose a little control. You're just kind of billy, you do. You're billy bobbing around. Do. I don't know if that's I'm just going to just drop it. Like, I can't even hold on to it. So you but, fast forward it with your thumb. With, just with, like, yes. No, I was going through and I was like stopping when I was like, oh, yeah, I, I wanted to make sure I was watching the deaths and I was watching the plot turns and I was catching some of the because I, I then I was like, oh, yes, I remember this. I remember this. I had right. not forgotten much. Honestly, it was not long ago at all. New Nightmare. I watched again. It was the third or fourth time I'd seen it. I saw it when it came out. Maybe I saw it again after that, like when it hit home video and then and VHS, I mean, back in the day. And then I watched it a few months ago, maybe a year ago even. And then. Oh, wow watched it uh, this morning. So like I, that one, and then uh, um, Freddy versus Jason, I must have seen, you know, somewhere in the same neighborhood, three or four times total, and I watched yeah. it again. And that was the one I was really wanting to pay the most attention to, though, Me because I had, I had not seen it recently, and it's the one that's the most loaded. It's got a lot of ground to cover. Um, I want to say a couple things that are interesting about that. You mentioned, St Steve, the kind of range of these movies being a 16-year range. What's interesting, is, and Ronald, you mentioned that like, Oh, they took like so long off and then Wes Craven came back. There's a couple things I want to say there. One is it's kind of funny that it feels like a long time in your memory sometimes between movies, between sequels and a franchise. Oh, they finally came back and made another one. And you'll yeah. look now and you'll be like, that was three or four years. That doesn't seem like anything to me now. <laughs> right, Th right. That was a three-year break, wasn't it? I mean, let me see if I'm right about this. Yes. Yeah, uh, Fre three. Freddy's Dead three. was 91. New Nightmare, uh, the first movie we're going to be talking about today, came out in uh, 94. But to me, even at the time, it felt like, boy, it's been a long time since they've done anything with Freddy, you know? Um, but the other thing is, the first six movies come out across like six or seven, maybe eight years. And then the next three attempts take place over 16 years. You know, that yeah. goes to show both that they couldn't quite get anything that had the traction or they just whatever. Uh, it's yeah. debatable whether New Nightmare was intended to launch a new franchise or whether it was intended to be kind of a, a like a, an epilogue almost. But I just think they obviously want to do something with this property. And I think they even now people talk about it like, well, clearly they're going to do something with it. Like it's, it's, we're just in an age where it seems like too much of, of a valuable piece of IP. And, and I hate to put it that way, but, um, I guess I don't hate it that much because I did it and I'll do it again. But like, I think that it is like a brand that people, that means something, even if nobody alive really remembers what's great about it or it thinks it's great. Or if after you watch all seven, eight, nine, however many movies this is, um, nine, uh, that you can't possibly say this is like a great franchise, but maybe you can say it's a, it's a recognizable brand. It's a, it's an iconic character. Uh, and I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's tough to say. Like, is is it too? Is it a little bit of like a recasting Indiana Jones kind of thing, where it's it's like you know Robert England is kind of Freddy Krueger, and I do think one of the things you see in the remake is that that's one of the things that's going to be hard for anybody to to get over that hurdle. Yeah. Of, like, if you're going to yeah. bring this thing back without him, uh, I mean, I think it can be done. But I don't know. It's it's questionable to me. Like, what I would want from this, and I guess maybe at the end of this episode, we can all talk a little bit about what we want. 
what we would like to see if this thing were to continue. But um, yeah, uh, we have the original director coming back to do something different. We have um, a sort of fulfillment of a promise of we're going to have Freddy and Jason fight because it's like King Kong versus Godzilla and it's a modern version. And I don't think they could let go of the fun idea of that. And then we have like an attempt, uh, I would say a misguided attempt to do like a grounded, truly scary, quote unquote, uh, remake. And, you know, they're all they're all very different. And I, I don't know, do, do, does anybody, which of these movies is the most successful, do you think? Do, do, just a quick poll. Oh, Maybe. New Nightmare, maybe? Or I'd say New Nightmare only because it's it's Wes Craven on it. But it's more interesting to watch. Like yeah. now. It's a little bit it's a little bit boring though compared to Freddy versus Jason. But Freddy versus yes. Jason is like more interesting but kind of dumb. And then New Nightmare is like has got ideas, but it's a little when it gets to the big scares, it doesn't, I don't know if it quite, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a mixed bag for me, but I do yeah. really admire it. I think I like, especially in the first half, I find it really interesting what they're doing and that they did it when they did it, you know, what about yeah, you? I think Freddie versus, I think Freddie versus Jason is probably the, of the three. Yeah. The most successful only because of the, you know, in, in varying degrees of success, kind of just bridging the gap between like two of the biggest horror icons, you know, ever. Um, and yeah, that, that one is probably like, uh, you know, we'll get into this more when we get to it. But in general, I think that's one of the, you know, that one was very successful at the box office as well. And it, it was also like a crowd pleasing to me, at least like when I see, saw that movie, you know, with the Thursday midnight showing with the people that were dying to see that movie and had waited a long time for that to happen. That's like a top movie going experience for me, you know, like. Damn across any movie that i've ever seen like we talked about it, all of them on this podcast but like for horror stuff like that's probably at the top of the list for me because i mean seeing those two on screen and and the movie definitely plays to the audience and plays to the fans so i mean i think that that one for me is probably the most successful really just for that reason alone i i would i would also insert that Freddy versus Jason might be one of the better Freddy movies I've seen out of all of them. I mean, you know, we'll it's get pretty, we'll get to but, it. We'll get to it in a minute, okay. like in actual yeah. order. But I think you can make a case that in terms of craftsmanship, uh, it definitely yeah. is. It would have it to ain't bad. I would it say the same bad. thing about it amongst uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies as well. But I also mm. think that those movies are different. Like the standard yeah. of one of what that is and what those movies are intended to do is different. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I I think the Freddy movies have always been a little bit more full of themselves in terms of like what they're trying to do. That it's a little bit like smarter or something, and it's got a little like elements to it that are that are different. But I don't think that that necessarily bears out. I think the Friday Thirteenth movies are kind of these. Hold on, I have a cat that keeps wanting to bump the microphone stand, and it's a uh, mm. it's annoying. Um, but it's a jump scare. I keep getting a cat jump onto my desk and come back, <laughs> and she's back again. Um, but at any rate, I think that uh, uh, yeah, I think that I think that there's something about that movie, and especially when you say like a crowd pleasing thing, Steve, that that Freddy versus yep. Jason, I think it just has a sort of. It's, I kept thinking of pro wrestling when I was watching it, and I'm not even a person who watches oh, pro wrestling, yeah. but I was thinking like this has a real wrestling vibe, and in the sense of too, when it builds up to the brawl, you get a couple of good brawls. You get like a dream world brawl, and you get a real world brawl, 
Um, and yeah, again, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a minute. Now, you mentioned, Ronald, how neat it is to see what Wes Craven had in mind for A New Nightmare and that he had a fresh idea. Maybe just underline, like, how would you describe what this movie is, you know, in 1994 as this kind of meta sure, experiment? Yeah. This is 1994. And essentially what happens is the character that plays Nancy... The, the actress that plays Nancy is being is a star of the movie and she's living outside of sort of the stardom that came with the Nightmare on Elm Street film, which is a crazy, like high minded. It, it's just a cool idea in 94 before everything became a parody of itself or very self-aware. I feel like everything's like that now. Everything's like turning in a camera and be like, well, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of that, you know, well, and well, two years later, a- you get Scream, too, you know? Yes. And, and, OK, so I was going to say I want to say this. Two years before that, you got Larry Sanders, the, the Gary Shandling show on uh, the Gary Shandling okay. HBO show that was like the first real instance of celebrities of all levels coming mm. on and playing themselves gotcha. in a, like a self-effacing way. It, it created like there's this cool zone of coming on that show and like playing an asshole version of yourself because you are you are John Stamos and you know, but you get to be John Stamos and come in and be in on the joke of being an asshole on that show. So I really do think that informed the way that New Nightmare plays out that like there was a yeah. framework for he- he- uh, Heather Langen, is it Langenkamp or Langenkamp? I always trip over this. Like- I think it's Langenkamp. It's a hard L. I mean, hard G. Uh, hard G. So yes, uh, Heather Langenkamp, like her coming back, I feel like she must have known, oh, this is something people are doing. You know, Robert England, you can see he's definitely playing it with a with an arched brow. He knows like, oh, there's a there's a framework that says you can get some juice out of doing, a, 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 you know, a slightly unflattering almost portrait of yourself that people will recognize is you, but not you. And you'll get kind of credit. It's like showing up to to be on the Saturday Night Live sketch about you, you know, you get to sort of be in on the joke a little bit. I'm right. gonna name. I'm gonna name an old movie that. Rem- this is not by any means the same movie, but there are only a couple of things that existed back then that had that level of self awareness, and one of them that I can think of is the Belgian movie Man Bites Dog. Have you guys ever seen yeah. that? It's a f- yeah. It's for anybody that has not seen this movie. It take. It's 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 a. I'd say it's a mockumentary slash found footage film that is worth your time. And yeah, it's it's the first of its time that I knew that was really self-aware in that way. But this this kind of takes it to a, a different level, man, because you we we all know the the mythology of Freddy and Nightmare on Elm Street. So right. you having that decade or so awareness of that. And then coupled with that is this movie that's directly taking a poke at it. He, I, it it's it's pretty brave of him to do, especially since it's his baby in a way. Like, I, th- I think it's cool to take the ideas that you had before and kind of fuck them up for lack of a better term. Like, right. look at them from a different angle, I'll say. Yeah, it feels like it's also, you know, beyond it being him coming back to the series. And like, mm-hmm. I think John said even earlier, like, the idea of kind of like making the, the the version of Freddy that's in this quote unquote real life that these actors live in is much more in line with like the version of Freddy that you saw in A Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, like the original film, or at least closer to it than what than what Freddy had become, you know, over the course of all the other sequels that we we've talked about so far. So I mean, like that kind of ownership over the character, it does seem like 
you know, this version of Freddy Krueger that's stuck in this fictional, you know, film, you know, air like this. Re- I don't even know what the how, what they call. I can't remember what they called it in the movie, but like, you know, the idea that this uh, this entity is like, you know, stuck because you know the films have kind of you know lost prominence or like these things really only uh were relevant like when these actors were playing these characters you know i think that that kind of angle for the movie is very uh creative and yeah like it's like only a couple years before scream and the idea of like horror movies and their effect on quote-unquote reality you know what i mean like um that's the through line to the screen franchise and you know that's definitely something that he was able to kind of play around with more uh you know with you know kevin williamson's help but but specifically with new nightmare i mean i just remember seeing the movie like when it came out and like you know john mentioned it a little bit i think the biggest thing like even though this movie definitely had like a some of the better critical reviews for like the nightmare franchise um it's it's one of the lowest grossing nightmare movies which is interesting because i think it actually is the lowest grossing but it it's and i think it's just because like coming off of uh what was the one prior to that freddy's dead yeah the final nightmare it's like it's 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 almost too much of a hard turn like you know what i mean for the for the franchise fan base who may be sticking around three years later for something new and i think that's the differentiation the differentiation between it and then you know, a decade later or whatever it was when Freddy vs. Jason comes out is that that movie plays right back into, I think, what a lot of the fan base maybe was looking for. Um, but that's not really to take anything away from New Nightmare because I really like New Nightmare. And I think that there is a, a lot of interesting stuff in there. Like John said, like seeing these actors who play these characters that we love and some like skewed version of this actor in the, in this movie it is really interesting to see Robert England play himself, you know, and be aware of the impact that Freddy Krueger has on pop culture and like doing interviews as Freddy Krueger in character, you know, at the same time that there is is a Freddy Krueger, you know, in this this entity that is being basically blocked out by the character of Nancy still, you know, so those are some pretty interesting ideas, like pretty high concept for, you know, the what is that the seventh entry in a or eighth and seventh or eighth entry in, in a franchise yeah like that's when you're trying to be more creative and not just doing some of the things that we talked about with five or six it's that Wes craven he's got ideas you know i mean he's a yeah. guy who like and i do think him coming back and wanting to have an idea i mean it all fits this model of like he's kind of critiquing what happened to the franchise there's that one scene where he has a speech that it's almost too much but it, it's it's like it it goes from clever and then it veers into like egomania because yeah. he's talking about how like um uh imagine a movie a story good enough to hold one of these spirits, you know, uh, because his idea is that these spirits exist. It's a little bit of a spin on what they've done. Anytime they've tried to inject supernatural stuff, for the cult, the, the the weird spirit worms, whatever it is that you yeah. bring into a slasher film to make it like seem like, uh, oh, there's a th- this ex- this explains <laughs> the killer's uh, supernatural abilities and everything. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. he's talking about how they've captured this spirit that may have existed for you know eons or whatever, that it's outside of time or something, and that. 
the imagine a story good enough to capture it and hold it there and that as long as people care about, it's kind of the same premise that freddie goes through as long as people are afraid of him then he can kind of infect their dreams and he can keep having victims and that's like a theme in those movies that he's kept he's got to kind of find a new crop of people to be afraid of right. him and to keep the legend going and freddie right. versus also jason the is plot about of the never-ending story direct that but well, well it's it but what <laughs> but real, it's, inter like it's interesting to see wes craven approach that idea but from that egomaniacal idea of like I, i'm back to kind of finish it up but if you look at it from the kind of medicine sense that he knows he's filming himself saying that and it's like well maybe he's playing into a little bit that sort of pretentious idea like i really like him in this movie i i think some of yeah, the acting is a little clunky of these people playing themselves uh but it it feels nice you know i don't think that heather lankenkamp has ever been like the most dynamic actor but she feels like nancy so it doesn't doesn't matter robert england is like you said steve doing a little bit of a like hollywood yeah. version of himself and i think that it's it's that slightly unflattering vision he has like he seemed he comes off a little bit like a coward almost in the movie like or right. at least he he kind of skips town um I, I heard somewhere that uh, there was supposed to be a scene that showed that he had a nightmare and that he was going to be trapped on a spider web by Freddy, who like, and he it was going to be like a riff on the fly with him going like, help oh, wow. me. But you know, they never shot that. Um, wow. But he said what they did do is like have that little bit of dialogue that explains that he like skipped town. But the idea was going yeah. to be that he, he was having nightmares too. And maybe even that Freddy got him, you know, this new spirit got him. But I think the way the movie plays it is perfect. This is one of the cleverest things about it because what they have happen is Robert England disappears from the scene. Like he's skipped town. But that's around the time that the more physical version of the Freddy starts manifesting. So if you wanted to believe that Robert England is still Freddy, you could almost believe that like he got taken over and now is manifesting. You know, I, I don't know if that was deliberate, if that was just like, oh, we didn't have Robert England for more than a couple days, and so we couldn't shoot more stuff with him. But I remembered that feeling before I knew that factoid about how there was originally a dream sequence for him. I remember thinking one of my favorite things was it might you know so the sort of thing that happens in a really good horror story where a character just sort of disappears from the background and then you later realize how nefarious that is that just someone isn't answering their phone you know yeah. like oh shit we haven't checked on him in a couple scenes and now he's not answering his phone so in horror movie language he's gone you know um i don't know i just thought that was kind of interesting but i also think that it works for the story of like no one seems to know what's going on like even wes craven who's writing the script is talking about it like he's writing it in a fugue state and he's not in control of it you know um, so I do like that the movie kind of doubles back on itself and sort of is the story of the making of itself, you know, like it's silly and kind of corny and on the nose, but I do think, I do think that idea is what saves it. And some of the execution of the scares, I don't know, how do we feel about the Freddy that's in this? You said it's a little closer to the first one, Steve, because they kind of simplify it and they downplay yeah. the, the wisecracking. <clears throat> but what do you think of giving him a... A, a much more of a fedora that's like green felt and then like a, a duster, you know, like a, a long trench coat. It feels like an attempt to make him cooler in a way that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the, uh, his teeth are like the, very the updated like Freddy razor sharpie. I, my issue is, is the pacing of this film. It's not, it's not that it has this high concept. It, it has nothing to do with that. It actually, I think if it had that high concept and had a, a kill count that started pretty much from like 10 minutes in on, then it would have it would have been an easier sell for people. But I remember in 94, what I kept hearing as an 11 year old kid, there's no murders in this until like the end of the movie. And that was what I heard from then till now. Every time that movie comes up, 
every person that's a Freddy fan is like, yes, yeah, cool, but you don't see Freddy until the end of the movie. It's and a you don't low see body count really, for sure. Yeah, it's a low body count. And if this had a high body body count with that same exact concept, almost if it started like Scream, in the way that like opening scene that was a murder, and then it keeps going from there, people would be. It, it's almost like Wes Craven used this movie as an incubator. He, you know, people's people shit on this movie and were like, "This isn't it." And he's like, "You know what? I'm gonna make something that has a." has a is a parody of this sort of genre and i'm gonna kill it and they were like shut up west get out of here you're done get out of town scram <laughs> and then he created scream they're like oh you're so great mr west craven so anyway i just say that to say that <laughs> i wish that the kill count was higher i wish that it started earlier because the concept is so damn cool like if you pitch that now it would work yeah, yeah. The irony, it's funny you mentioned that because like I was talking to you guys on our text thread about like the new screen movie that's coming yes, out. Yes, yes. I wanted to talk yeah. to you about this. The, the, this year or in January of, of the in the coming year. Mm -hmm. Should we say to people of... skip ahead just in case anything we're talking about is accidentally a spoiler for Scream? Skip ahead a few minutes, folks, because we're going to talk about I mean, what might yeah. be a spoiler for Scream. Because I think maybe, this is a... maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. The trailer came out the day before we were recording this and the trailer kind of does not allude to any of this being accurate. But knowing what you think it might be, don't you think the trailer has a couple points that are soft on that? Maybe. Like, don't you think? Because uh, the question is, are they playing themselves or are they right. playing their characters? The, the returning yeah. cast, Nev Campbell, uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox, they're all back. Are they playing Sydney, uh, Dewey, and uh, what's Courtney Cox's? Gail. Or are they playing themselves playing those characters or something? You know, who knows? And that sounded interesting and meta and made me think, oh, what an interesting, because I've heard several things. Oh, this is a real tribute. Wes Craven would love this premise. Right. It makes me think, are they doing a tribute to New Nightmare almost? That's what movie? I'm, yeah, totally. The, the point in the trailer where she says, I'm Sydney Prescott, of course I carry a gun. It's like, she could say that if she's referring to the character. Yeah. True. And, That's and true. other than that, there's not any other thing. Everything else they're playing with just, I never thought I'd be back. Oh, we've, we can really stop them this time. It's happening. You know, it, all that stuff is like, well, that would play with either version. So I don't know if maybe they aren't if that's not if that's the twist, that line is there to totally diffuse anybody thinking that that might be happening. But right. it could easily be Nev Campbell in character as Nev Campbell saying, I'm quote unquote. Sydney Prescott, you know. So anyway, that's that's yeah. my thing. But I didn't know how yeah. you felt about that because I do think that was more interesting when you told me that that idea sounded more interesting than just the the sort of straight movie that the trailer indicates. I do think the craftsmanship and good scares and you know if it's well done, I could see that movie being really entertaining. But it, the trailer didn't really sell us on any one point that felt like here's the new. I mean, the little uh, door lock thing was a good updating of of the old phone call thing but yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. other than that it didn't seem like there's a concept afoot which again with is very true to the west craven idea of like you have an idea behind what you're doing we'll see but yeah. it is funny though that you know new nightmare definitely seems to be in line you know with uh like a prelude to scream and yeah. in that way that yeah totally it'd be kind of a it'd be an interesting callback to uh to west craven and to the 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 this franchise and even you know nightmare on elm street like because I, I do think there's an influence there obviously um 
Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the other thing you were mentioning about like the look of Freddy, like I think the thing that stood out to me was like I, I didn't really like the way the claw and like the knives on his hand. It looked more like, I, you know, I think there's an effort to like really kind of make it more of a spirit or an entity type thing as opposed to a character named Fred Krueger, you know, like that yeah. this character just that that name is like what this spirit has like just taken on, you know, like it's not so much the same character that we've seen in all the movies. So it's intentionally to look a little different, but I think that uh, like I can buy most of the rest of that stuff, but like, I don't really like the, I, I, I remember even back, you know, when I was a teenager, like not liking the way the claw was like how it's kind of more like built into his hand, you know, kind of like the, the bones and stuff. It's like organic kinda... web shooters on Spider-Man. Some people just <laughs> yeah. don't go for that. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. That was always stood out to me. And, you know, on the rewatch, it definitely like the physical difference uh, and, and you know, in this, this, the, this series, like of films that we did for this episode, like between this and even the nightmare remake, you know, there's so much physical difference between all these versions of Freddie that we're talking about. But this specific one, you know, I, I really like the idea of the glove and the knives on the glove and that the, the, the fact that that was crafted and not like as organic as this one looks. Right. Um, but that's something that always stood out to me too. Um, but you're one. right, Steve. It's like a demon dream creature. If it were to manifest itself as the image of Freddy Krueger, right. it would end right. up with those claws without the glove. So, I mean, it, it's conceptually, it's cool. But I agree with you. It just doesn't have the same feel. He feels just, I mean, it's cool that they did that, that they said, let's think through how this could be different and why, but it just doesn't have the same zing. I will say, though, it does go for like the three greatest hits in Freddy's repertoire. It does, it, at the end, we get stretchy arm, unhinged jaw, and crazy tongue all like boom 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 it's like okay well it's those are the you know those are the freddy go-tos yeah you know they yeah. don't, they're not very effective and they look really stupid <laughs> <laughs> but um you know there's an attempt to say this is this yeah this is the real version or this is the stripped down version or something it's almost like this is a franchise that was doing that thing even freddy versus jason does this to some extent where it's like saying Let's uh, let's remember what this is a sequel to. This almost feels like this is a direct throwback to the what, like you said, the way you felt of when you were watching the first Nightmare on Elm Street, where Freddy was a little bit more nefarious and he took a while right. to show up, didn't talk so much. Um, you know, it reminds me of that idea that we have now that's everywhere of like, well, we all know this is a sequel, but it's this is a sequel to the part two. This is ignoring parts three, four, and five of the franchise. Like that's a modern thing that people do, and like I think you know you feel that in these movies. Like we want to go back and remind you of what we what we like about this, what worked about this character, not so much follow up the storyline because the storyline of Freddy, you know, the canonical storyline of Freddy, I guess it it continues in Freddy versus Jason, right? In 2003, that's sort of like a, a set after Freddy's dead, more or less. Correct. Yep. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily feel like it's giving too many nods to that movie. Like, it feels more like a throwback to me. Like, it, it feels more like, you know, one of the earlier ones in terms of the way that it's set up. But um, I guess it's time yeah. to move on to it. Anything else to say about uh, about New Nightmare? We all We all like it. We all think it's a little slow maybe or a little like it could have more fun more i think that's the very thing that makes it kind of cool that it's not trying to be like a straight up slasher but i think it kind of suffers uh you know at an hour and 55 minutes it really does feel long i think yeah definitely all right 2003 <laughs> Um, boy, I do not like, like the heavy had... metal thing that they do in horror movies, but this one's full of it. Felt like I had two intros. Like I had like an like 
an initial like this is the movie and then that splash of like freddy versus jason i'm like does this have two it kind of gives you a freddy intro and a jason intro you know like it it kind of tries to do both but i would say I mean, what do we think? Is this a Nightmare on Elm Street movie with uh, a strong Jason guest star, or is this a Friday the 13th movie with Freddy crashing in, do you think? I mean, to me, it feels definitely like one more than the other. What do you guys think? I'm going I'm going with option A. Option A. This is yeah. way more Freddy than it is Jason. And again, I'm going to say it again, one of the better Freddy movies in the catalog okay i think i think i have a couple of ideas why one is that it does do it goes back to that sort of streamlined idea of freddie that we're mm-hmm. talking about he's still a wisecracker he, boy, he talks a lot in this one you know but and he's got a lot of plans and stuff but yes. he's truly vile like they're not trying to yes. soft pedal the fact that like because it's in a weird, weird way they decided to kind of make him the villain like Jason is in some ways the protagonist of that battle, at least. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they have to do that. I mean, we see them doing that on on shows all the time, where you take a character that's like an anti heroic or villainous character, and if you want people to root for them, you just show them come up against somebody who seems worse. And I think that's Freddy is the villain if you need one uh, yeah. in this movie. But it does feel like a more nasty, vile, evil version of Freddy. Like they're 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 owning up to the fact that he's a total creep. Like this has yeah. got some really weird, uncomfortable sex stuff in it. Just like just how horny Freddie is is very yeah. uh, unsettling. Um, and he's also licking kids' pictures of his right. victims. It's like what? And using that his... to stick it into a book. Does he have yeah. like sticky spit or something? I was wondering yeah. about that because it's not like an I, adhesive I, picture. This is the first time that I've had like a a, a commentary from Freddie. All of my victims are. Fr- it's like incredible. Like that got me laughing just him kind of painting a picture of people forgetting about him and yeah yeah i i love that i love that for some well, reason well the it concept just... let's talk about the concept so, sure. so so what's freddie's plan in uh in if this is his movie which it kind of is what's his plan Ronald? so freddie's plan <laughs> is that he is inactive people are not mentioning him in life they've forgotten about freddie and he needs a catalyst to kind of bring him back so you know, the normal way, because he's been forgotten, he's very weak and his his ability to get into people's dreams is is gone. So he he, he needs a catalyst. He needs somebody to <clears throat> basically be a vessel to get into uh, get stronger through fear and come into people's dreams the way that he used to but he, he needs, needs like he a killer needs, hype man he needs someone he to needs come to town <laughs> hype him up <laughs> and yet you know mostly kill like you know. he manipulates jason so much he manipulates him like a like a dumb little shiny kid he's just like hey dummy you should go to elm street what, what does he call people. him at that one part when he's a little kid he calls him uh you ugly, ugly little shit. <laughs> exactly what you want to hear Freddie calling Jason. Well, I mean, like, you he's being little. mean. He's nasty. He's a bad yeah, guy. He's I mean, a, that's, he's an ass. that's like a consistent characterization. I feel like Robert England, this is a real fully rounded performance, too. This is kind of the most Freddie of a movie. I don't know. Maybe it's not true, but I would argue he has a lot, so good. a lot more, like, time to scheme and a lot of screen time in this one because he's kind so of So much scheming. He's like Gargamel. You know, there's a lot of, like, him pacing around in his lair, like, planning stuff. Yeah. Um, also, the design of Freddie in this is crazy. He's got these weird vertical wrinkles on his nose and forehead, yeah. and his teeth are super sharp, like, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah, jagged. Just very yeah. jagged for no reason. Uh, 
Super weird. So all around, what did you think about what you guys think about this movie? That's what I'm curious about, because I. I mean, I, I said it before, I, I kind of love Freddy vs. Jason. I Me mean, I, I like I really like the idea of, you know, this is like something that they tried to crack for a while to try to combine these universes or have this shared yeah. universe of, you know, Springwood and Camp Crystal Lake. And I think the idea and it, and, and it's not the same, but I, even just the idea that New Nightmare was kind of talking about, you know, with like if these movies aren't going on that like in that film, the entity basically is like dying. You know, in this movie, they kind of still play with this idea that, you know, in in this fictional world of Springwood, like that the parents and these generations have like made it such an effort to like make sure that these kids and that the, the people of this town just kind of forget about Freddy Krueger, you know, in whatever way it it, it, it it needs to happen. Like it's like they don't there's no legend around him anymore. And uh, the idea that, you know, he's there in this dream world, basically mustering enough power to manipulate jason by appearing as his mother and sending him to springwood to wreak havoc so that people think it's him and you know that would give him the power to come back so you know and you start to hear that you know when things start to happen in the movie and the first few killings happen and jason kind of makes his mark quick it's like the word is that it's jason that it's freddie you know like because that's the 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 few that remember you know these adults or you know like that's where the that's where it starts to like kind of swell up again I just think that's an interesting like way to kind of tackle these two properties and to, and to try to bring these Titans together, especially when you get to the point in the movie where you see that he's lost control of Jason yeah. and, and the teens that are being hunted by both of them in essence, basically have the idea to pit them against one another. Like that's where you get the verses and that's what you really want to fucking see is just these two guys. How do you get them together? And, you know, these are ideas that have been played with in other nightmare films where, you know, there's a precedent for bringing him into the real world, you know, and that idea, that approach um, feels familiar to fans of the series. So it's not as it's not a far stretch to say, oh, yeah, great idea. Like, let's do it again. And this time when he comes out, he's not going to be the only monster serial killer running amok. It's, you know, he's going to be faced with this other titan of horror that he's manipulated to you know basically now be his foe and i love it man i love that idea i think the movie is it moves so quick and it is so fast-paced and you know uh the kills are really fun and kind of creative and uh in the last 15 20 minutes of the movie is like literally what i had been waiting a decade for in a movie theater you know in terms of horror like just watching that fight at camp crystal lake and, you know, even how the movie ends, like the ambiguity of it all, it's just, I just, man, as a fan and wanting the, wanting the, the poppy stuff in this franchise to come back um, for me. And that's Hypnosil. Hypnosil, right? It's, yeah. it's Hypnosil. the good stuff. It's well, no, and that's where we get, I, and I was going to say this, we actually get Hypnosil, Hypnosil makes a return, you know, and they really yes. go into it. Yeah. Um, and those hyp- hypnosils, like zombie coma people, are very disturbing. But also yeah. in this one, we get. Uh, Did anybody else catch the, the name of the new? Like, in, we've had stay awake and stay up in the earlier movies, uh, as far as drugs, like over the counter seeming drugs that people used to stay awake. This one had wake aid that the guy <laughs> <laughs> took out of his uh, his medicine cabinet. But no, uh, yeah, I think that all of the everything you said, Steve. Like, I don't know if I like love the movie, but everything you just said, I love the sort of spirit and storyline and that they actually do like 
kind of what I said a minute ago, these franchises have gone to such tortured lengths at this point anyway to make these characters keep coming back or supernatural. So it doesn't feel like you're trampling on anything to right to to do this. Like putting Jason in this supernatural framework a, a few movies back would have felt strange, but by the time this movie had come out, the that franchise had, you know, they're you run out of ways to bring somebody back from the dead. You know, Freddy was always a supernatural being, so there's always a supernatural way to bring him back. Jason was a physical guy, so like at a certain point, he's been an avenging zombie. You know, he hasn't been like a regular guy anyway. So I don't know. I just think it's mythologically, all of that is kind of fun, even if it doesn't. It's like they are changing a few things. Like they've added this element that Jason was like super tormented by the kids at the camp. I don't remember that being part of his story before this, that before it was just the neglect of the counselors that right. he was allowed to drown. But, you know, they, they add things that make him, again, more sympathetic so that he can seem like the guy you want to see go up against Freddy, who's really bad. Uh, and they and they lean on how creepazoid Freddy is. They have him, he says creepy things to all the women. You know, he's, what does he say at one point to her that's really awful? Your mouth says, no, your eyes say no, no, but my mouth says yes, yes. That's just bizarre. <laughs> wow. Um, and all that stuff with like... Um, there's that moment where he's like having, he's like humping someone and then it, he turns around and they're dead and he's waving her around. It's just, yes, yes. It's yes, just full of like things that make him incredibly. In Jason's dream, yes. when they're in uh, Camp Crystal Lake. Right, right. And, <laughs> and then there's he that says, one, one scene. Oh, go ahead. What were you saying? He says, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I know what he said. I remember what he said too. What did he say? Like, you're. Yeah, she, she's she's I hate to even say it. She's dead on her feet. This one or she's something dead like that. on her feet. Yeah. But also there's that creepy, creepy scene where the girl is passed out in the she's having like a nightmare in the cornfield and like yes. the, the rave date rapist guy comes out of the shadows and like I I get that he gets his comeuppance, but like the I don't think the movie has earned that moment in terms of how intensely disturbing that is. And I think that would be the only knock I have on this movie is yeah. that it has a kind of bro, a sort of douche bro energy. Right, like there's definitely. just a little bit of that vibe to it. But I think part of that, it could be seen that's part of what they're, it's almost like it feels like a 90s horror movie somehow. Like it feels, but it feels like a, how we've talked about how when people do these kind of throwback pastiches, it feels like an amped up version of what was happening in the, in the late 90s, you know, with, with horror, because it is very self-aware, a la Scream and all that stuff, but it also is trying to, you know, reinvent these characters in a way. And I don't know, it kind of feels like it might be meant to keep continuing. I'm almost surprised that there was never a follow-up to this in terms too, of maybe man. of bringing in another, uh, character or just returning to this because you know they have not had a lot of luck with either of these guys lately of like having a movie on track for them so um no i think there's a lot about you know you look at a movie like this there's a lot to say just because of what you said it is moving very fast kind of from the beginning and it's kind of packing in it's having to do this sort of truncated version of of uh, setting up the characters because it's got to service both the freddy idea and the the Jason idea. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think, like, if there was anything about it that really just, outside of that kind of bro-y vibe, if there's anything about it that really, you know, it, it's it got some clunky moments, but again, I think, and there's some stuff that does not age well. I guess that's what I have down as a note. I knew there was something. There's a scene where Freddie says something racist, and then Kelly Rowland says something homophobic. And like, yes. if you could yeah. just like cut that 45 seconds out of the movie, it would be like, oh, suitable for, you know, today almost. But that yeah. one part is like, oof, yes, this is that, 
you know, things does we not were, age well. Yeah. Things that we were either laughing at. I don't think I was laughing at, but we were supposed to laugh at both of those lines. You know what I mean? Like that was supposed yeah. to be um, the worst yeah, thing. Th- that she could scene say to is him. not. Yeah. yeah, that scene is bad. Like yeah. I don't, I don't, I feel like that was a definitely like a kind of like a come to a halt moment. Even when I saw that movie in the theater, yeah, I feel like it does not play the way they think it was going to play. Well, it's all. an attempt to give her this big moment of taking Freddie. Like, oh, you'd love to see somebody just take him down you know yeah verbally and yeah it feels it doesn't yeah doesn't quite sell it and because of those those that verbiage i'm talking about it's like yeah, 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 yeah. and yeah you just kind of cringe um i also think the character of linderman there's a funny moment with him where they're sitting in that back room and that cop comes in who for some reason knows all about jason Voorhees, and he says something about it being a copycat killer and linderman the who's like the virginal nerd character he says i've seen what he can do he's the real jason I was like, who? Are, how did he become a fucking Jason Voorhees expert? He just heard of him, it seems like. But he's like correcting this guy. Who I, That was just such a weird moment. I, I think there are lots of moments in this script where it's like, they maybe in the edit, they made that work, but that wasn't really, you know, maybe the scene was shot a couple different ways or some dialogue changed. Because him saying that, like he's, like he's the authority. Sure. Uh, you know, he's yeah. the Jason expert in the room. But um but, but you know, that even that cop, like there's something interesting about him, even though that's never fleshed out that he knows more and that he might help them. But it's interesting to have this one guy who can come in and throw a little bit of facts. I mean, like really that's just what he existed to do was just have someone come in and say his name's Jason Voorhees. Um so here's a question. I'm I guess this is at you, Steve, because you seem like you might be the more franchise knowledgeable um of this. Uh where is Crystal Lake and where is Springwood? Yes. <laughs> Please tell well, us. I think Springwood is in, isn't it in Illinois? Illinois. I saw it. I thought, yeah. Um, and Crystal Lake, I believe, is supposed to be in New Jersey, right? New Jersey. Jersey yeah. So Jason's yeah. like Michael Myers. Someone taught him to drive at some point. Yeah. Real far. Really, really far. <laughs> really far. It's almost like they did with like uh, Batman v Superman, where they connected metropolis yeah you can see it from over here right yeah (laughs) i can see metropolis from my house (laughs) they just made a choice you you just have to deal with it dang that's funny man also is fear of water just kind of a retcon i feel like there's got to be a montage out there of jason coming out of the water or attacking people in the water or hiding in the water so i wondered if that was another thing that felt like okay this is this is in that way I was mentioning a minute ago, that connects back to Jason's origin. That's not something that really is yes. borne out by following up all the movies we've seen. That's almost like going back to stage one, Jason, even though Jason didn't have the hockey mask before part three. So anything that has a hockey mask is a reference to that. Um, but no, that was a moment that I was like, okay, I'll buy that. But it's like it was almost too convenient of a thing that they almost didn't even really need, this idea that Jason is like kryptonite you know, like the water has that effect on it. rather than just being, he's a guy who can't swim. Cause you could believe Jason would still drown again or would not be able to swim. But even that, I feel like we've, you know, didn't he like somehow he got on that boat in uh, Jason takes Manhattan and it seems like he had to like, <laughs> he had to be in the water to do that. So I don't know. I, I just didn't know if that felt like it was something new that they're pretending has been around all along. So to bring them a little closer, actually looking it up, Springwood is supposed to be in Ohio. So, oh. A little closer. You could do it. It's a little bit of a trek. I I think there should be a documentary, like an inspiring documentary about his walk, you know? Yeah. Uh, The thing about the water. play the whole time? What? (laughs) (laughs) You talk about the. Somebody (laughs) just gets on him. He's like, oh, shit. (laughs) Uh, 
<clears throat> I think I was going to say that the thing that you mentioned about the water, John, is like it, it is kind of like a, I don't know, like, you know, Freddie sees it in a dream and plays up on it. And then she sees the like the slight hint that like there's like that fire is like the thing for Freddie. So it's just like, you know, just like a trope, you know, and it's a it's a it's a way to have all those things happening on one set piece at a lake with shit on fire and propane tanks and just big, big explosions. You know, it's like. And that's what you get when Ronnie Yu makes a horror franchise mat- match match meetup movie. <laughs> <laughs> I Man, thought the this... part of Jason's dream where he was like walking through a swamp and there's just bodies everywhere and he's just kind of dragging a body. I thought that was actually kind of scary. Like yeah. to picture that that's what's going through his mind is is and and just to imagine what is going through his mind is like that is an interesting notion too that I think the movie does try to make use of it even though it's not you know it's not like they really get into it but that moment is creepy where he just is walking like a zombie dragging a body yeah what were you about to say ronald oh just this i love the set piece uh and the uh, just the construction yeah portion where that piece is like hitting the shit out of jason (laughs) and just his blood is like oozing out of it's and then another thing, man, when they're like a Camp Crystal Lake and Freddie is just chopping at Jason's back with the machete and the blood is like spraying out the way sparks do on Power Rangers when they get hit. It just so goddamn good, man. It, I love that movie. I, yeah. <laughs> I loved it more watching it. I had a, a Blu-ray of it that I bought with like, it was like. Jason versus Freddy might have been the first the first Freddy. I mean the um the remake and then one other movie or something like mm. that. And it it just it still sounded and looked pretty damn good. I think that Blu-ray, I, I remember specifically that Blu-ray or that DVD. I guess it was the DVD that I had, that there were like just so many awesome special features on those. Like I used to live for the special features on those mm. DVDs. And like the special editions, so like all the all the behind the scene production stuff, like uh, you know, specifically there were the ones about that final showdown, like at the lake, mm-hmm. you know, the making of type stuff. Um, it's definitely if you you could probably find them all on YouTube now, but like those kind of making of things for that sequence because it is a pretty you know memorable sequence for both franchises uh, are definitely worth checking out for sure. I like the moment where the guy thinks he's like going to set Jason on fire in that attack in the cornfield. And it's like, well, you just took a guy who's scary just walking through a cornfield and you've now made him a burning guy who's scary (laughs) and he's walking through a cornfield. But, but that like shot with like the trail of fire, I don't know. That was really kind of visually interesting. The only thing that took me out of that scene was when they cut to the guy running. Did you notice he was very obviously holding his blood? Like he spits his blood when he gets jab he's got like t- he's totally got like a full mouth like he's holding a mouthful of blood oh, wow. and it's like slow motion and it lo- i thought oh is he about to throw up or does he have beer or something in his mouth but then when it was blood it was like oh maybe they should have gotten like you know just not quite as much because he's like <laughs> but it was still a cool i like the dynamic of that scene like when you sh- you know seeing that they're basically in a ring of cars at this rave and then seeing that that's basically a scene that you don't get in a lot of uh Jason movies where he just goes into a crowd of people and just starts hacking right. them. Starts. It reminds me of Freddy at the barbecue at the end of uh, Freddy's Revenge, where it's like Dude, one yeah, of the one a, of the a, a rare Freddy moment scenes. of that. You know, or it's just crazy. You don't, you know, it oh, doesn't make. We, we never figured out the logistics of how how real he was in that movie. 
But I think that's another thing that's kind of out the window by the this time with with especially with yeah. all the movies we're talking about today. There's a lot of like I don't know dreams real. It seems like there's a reality warping thing going on where we're not really meant to see that moment where someone kind of like nods their head or whatever. Right. So, anything else about Freddy versus Jason? Is are we surprised that they didn't uh, fold? I, I've heard that they would never throw Michael Myers into that mix because they don't think that it works. But I mean, you know, there's other people. There was talk of Ash, uh, Bruce Campbell's character. Um, there's, you know, I think almost any of the kind of schlocky characters you could throw in. I don't really see why you couldn't throw Michael Myers in. I just feel like maybe there's not enough there to make him different from Jason in terms of here's a silent killer that you don't want to put too much yeah. character on. Um, Someone told me that there's a Freddy. I haven't seen it yet. I have, I haven't noticed it because I watched it. I heard there's a East a Freddy Easter egg in the Chucky TV series. Mm. I have not seen it. I I oh, didn't wow. see the Easter egg that they're referring to, but I've heard that there's an Easter egg. So I don't know. I feel like <laughs> anything could happen at this point. That'd be cool. Does Freddy come out and say "you ugly little shit" to Chucky? <laughs> That'd be so good. Get him crying on the ground. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if I would really want to see it become like a thing they do all the time. But I, I'm, I'm again, like I said, I'm surprised they haven't done enough. But because it, as you said, Steve, it like tripled its budget at least, and then some. You know, by yeah, with its, with its gross, and that's the kind of thing that, like, especially in the horror field, that seems like it usually guarantees you like a movie and a movie and a movie. But maybe it was just enough of a big deal that this was like, you always hear about how hard it was to get the rights to all the the Warner Brothers and the Disney characters being on screen together in um, in Roger Rabbit, you know, how they had to do like, right. well, Bugs Bunny has to be on screen the same amount of, amount of time as Mickey Mouse, whatever. Um, I mean, I think, didn't New Line have Jason at this point? Or, or was it still like a deal? Because maybe that's a reason why there hasn't been a follow-up is that maybe it was a harder harder deal to put together. Because the, 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 the Friday the 13th rights always sound like they're in some kind of legal, you know, tangle. Yeah, I think at, at that time, and I think even when the, the Friday the 13th remake came out, it was still with New Line because like Platinum Dunes did that and they were through New Line. Um, but yeah, between them and prior to that, like all the Paramount releases, I think it had bounced around a bit. And I think that's kind of where it's at now is that like what you just said, there's just like a mess around, you know, who could put another Friday the 13th movie out. Well, then in, uh, what was it? 2010, they finally got it right. And they remade Nightmare on Elm Street and they finally, they just nailed it. In my opinion, they uh, just they is not they, the way it turned out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, this movie is just like so not fun. I think the only thing after watching those other two, the only thing it really had going for it. I mean, actually, no, I will t I take that back. Wes Craven's new nightmare looks and feels like a real movie when you watch it. Like it's shot nicely. It just feels like an old, you know, maybe it's part of that slow pace, too, but it just has a nice real movie feel to it. Yeah. Um, but I do think that the, the scariness, the, the fear, like if they had better stuff to work with and a better movie, the atmosphere of the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street does have a little bit of that modern horror atmosphere where it could yeah. be scary. It's just not like they just don't have anything there to, to close the deal. But the idea, like just some of the shots of people like walking down the hall or looking over their shoulder, that, that part of horror movies that I often find is my favorite part, which is just someone investigating what's going on. Um, that stuff you know what's his name who shot it it's um 
Samuel Bear. Samuel Bear, who's like, you know, isn't he like a video director guy? Who's, yeah. He's, you know, videos. he knows how to put together the, the mood and atmosphere. It's just like there's no, there's nothing. I just don't think this movie brings anything new that's really special. Um, and it may have a couple of interesting <clears throat> deaths or like it may be like violent. You, you, you said something, Ronald, that I think is really true that I would love to hear you expound on. But I think I agree. You said it was uh, mean spirited. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that part of what made the franchise interesting was that the levity, it must have been something that they realized. But even in the first one, even he wasn't quite as jokey. There's some levity to the kills. If you have some sort of like if if he's a little over the top, if he feels a little like a silly person that is also capable of being a monster that that does something it eases the feeling of him murdering people in this one he was just like he was just like oh <laughs> he would say like a thing that didn't sound like a catchphrase and more like a observation it's like a statement <laughs> yeah it was never like it's just like you're bleeding it's, it wasn't like a real it didn't feel you're good bleeding. it didn't didn't feel fun it didn't feel like we were looking at something that felt like, and, and I understand that like you're trying to do a new feel for Freddie, but his face was horrific. Like it was, and it was CGI and you could Formal. see it. The line of the green screen sometimes in some of the scenes, it just gross. It was It was not a good movie in that way, but it had the, the weird part is it had the bones of a solid movie. And I'll say this, and I didn't think about this until I watched it. Uh, Jackie miscast. Oh, miscast miscast he it is the w- weirdest miscast I've I you know who you know who could be a weird for I'm gonna throw I was gonna a name. say like who because let, let's assume that we're saying you recast it like because otherwise you would just say it's Robert England's role to, but let's I'm say, gonna say okay, a they, weird one they have to recast it it you don't think Jackie Earl Haley was it who who is it yeah uh I think, I think that you can't say Ed Michael, Asner. He died. I think that Michael Keaton. Oh, I think eh. that Michael Keaton. I mean, I see. And, and I, I see that, why you say that. I see why you say that. I'm I'm saying if he plays a little more subtle, I'm not asking for why. I'm not talking about Beetlejuice. I'm talking like, like uh, the villain in Spider Man. The way the the way he yeah. felt with a little more humor. God damn, he could be a good Freddy. In comparison to Jackie, God, yeah, that was rough, man. I was trying to think. I was trying to think of who would be the craziest muse. Um, and for some reason, Bobby Cannavale came to me. <laughs> like if they cast them, oh my like, god! I don't know why he jumped <laughs> in my mind as he would be the I craziest. Love him, by the way, no, I know, but it's like he would be the one you would hear. And you'd be like, really? No, He'd I don't be know. Scary because he's tall. He'd yeah, tall that would be. He Freddy. would bring something to it. That would I'm be scary. To, but like, who's got that rough kind of energy? Like that, Freddie actually. I think that's what they did with Jackie Earl Haley. Was they tried to cast somebody who seemed like they have a rough and tumble thing going for them? But Robert yeah. England is like a Shakespearean actor type. You know what I mean? Like he's not yeah. a he he's doing a character. So I think they maybe yes. they tried to, too hard to cast Freddie. Um, and I think maybe what you're saying there, Ronald, sounds good because it would still be a bit of a performance. But I do think Michael Keaton has the kind of the kind of mean he could do the meanness and it would feel funny and mean. You know, he's done that before, and I think he could do it again. Yeah. 
He has to be able to say the word the the word bitch. He have has we, to be able to say How does say he do it? How, how does he do with that word? I don't know that I've ever heard him say I, I mean, I'm sure I he hate said it, it when Jackie Hurley did it. It's, yeah. Go ahead, Steve. What are you thinking? I, I have uh, I I I don't I, I think Keaton could be interesting. The person that has always been in my mind, uh, okay. like when they talk about these remakes, is Kevin Bacon. I can see that. Kevin. Yeah, I was never expect. I like that because he can do the menace. He's got the other side of it. Yeah. He's got the menace, and, and he's he got can, and he's got the and he's got the build, the like this, a similar build. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Jackie Earl Haley is definitely way smaller, but I mean, like, I just feel like he's got a similar build to Robert England, and I think like he's got like a face that kind of. Even when you put makeup on it, like it's got like he's he, it's got that very weathered look to him, and yeah, I think he can be kind of creepy and scary and also funny uh, if they were going for yeah. that. Kevin but Bacon, huh? Kevin like Bacon. That. Kevin Bacon was one that always came up, and uh, who else was the one that uh, somebody was? I was reading an article a while ago. Oh God, who was it? It was. There was two other uh, Bill Mosley from the Rob Zombie movies. Mm-hmm. Bill Mosley was one that kept coming up. I don't know about the humor piece in that, but I mean, oh, okay, um, I think I've seen this guy before. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! Somebody else was one of my friends was saying Willem Dafoe. Okay. Oh, Willem. Willem would be perfect. He could. He, like, you say Spider Man villain, I say Green Goblin, and I say okay, Willem Dafoe could be Freddy Krueger, maybe. I just sent you guys a picture in the chat of who I think actually would be the best. <laughs> oh, oh, the chat on here. Shit, I'm looking yeah. at our text. Oh, my God. Oh, that guy gives Aaron nightmares. I don't have, I don't see anything. It's it's the old guy from the Six Flags commercials, the dancing old guy. Oh my god! Oh wait, slow that down. Oh my god! No, but you could do a mashup. You could do like a slowed down mashup of the Six Flags guy. No, I think that like it is still very iconic, but I do think it's like I mentioned Indiana Jones. It's like Indiana Jones in that the first thought is yeah, tough to recast that. Next thought, well, if you did this person, you did this person. Like you start to think of the fun things you could do the ways you can make it good i still think sometimes you want to stay in continuity so with something like indiana jones there's the option of having like a new character come in and just take over that franchise freddie though needs to be freddie you know and i think that when they cast somebody they kind of need to be thinking of like what if this is 10 more movies you know what if this is the new freddie not you know which maybe they were thinking with jackie earl haley i don't know but that movie doesn't feel like it's trying to set up the kind of again i hate to keep using the word fun but like the sort of franchise that this is is a fun franchise you know like whether you think it's corny or not like you've discussed ronald how like by the time you got to the end of of the sixth one you were like these are bad movies anybody who likes these movies it's pure nostalgia and by the time you're at six you could make that argument you know but whatever was good whatever was special about that i think that that is one of the hard to replace elements the 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 robert england factor yeah totally i think the other thing that like stands out uh beyond like the jackie or hair like that's the most distracting piece i think of of um the nightmare remake but the other thing is that like you know i think the intention which i think you've already kind of alluded to is that you know the the plan was at least to instead of redoing it in a way that they did with the friday 
remake that Platinum Dunes did, where it's kind of more like a greatest hits of like the series. Um, you know, if you read into this, it's like, you know, what their intention was, was really just to kind of like go back to what Wes Craven initially wanted to do with Nightmare on Elm Street, but didn't do all the way through, you know, like mm-hmm. making Freddie a ch- like a child molester. Yeah. And, you know, this darker piece that we're talking about. And I think, you know, it was pretty well publicized when this came out that like, you know, Wes Craven was pretty uh, against this movie because they didn't like, you know, he wasn't involved in any way. You know, obviously this is before his, you know, unfortunate death. And it's just like the idea that, you know, A Nightmare Gets Remade and there's no piece involving Wes Craven seems pretty uh, Mm -hmm. ill-conceived to me, especially when you're trying to go back and do like what the original script for Nightmare was really going to do. So, you know, it just seems like so many things were like intended, you know, and and the execution just wasn't there. Um, Even though a lot of that stuff does, that vibe is there in this movie, like you guys are describing. And it does feel very mean and dark and it's got, you know, it's, it definitely has like a mood to it that does feel like more of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, like even like the one, the original. Um, But something is just, you know, something was definitely missing. I mean, obviously like the, the script is not there and it's just coasting off of like original, what, what the original one did and remaking it like pretty much straight through and just kind of like tweaking things to be meaner. And I just think even if you're kind of going darker, being meaner, there's no, you know, there's no characters, the lead in this one, uh, Rooney Mara, like as Nancy is just like, that's, that to me is the miscast of the movie. Like Jackie O'Haley, I'm not a big fan of his Freddie take, but I think Rooney Mara is like the, the big miscast in this movie. Like there's zero, for whatever criticism you have for Heather Lane camp, like she's Nancy and like, she, yes. you know, you buy that character, you buy the characters in most of those early nightmare films. Like even, you know, probably through dream warriors, dream master, like it's just none of the characters in this movie are that like matter at all. Like you, they're, none of them are likable. None of them. You, you care about anything, at least for me. And yeah. I think that's probably like one of the biggest misses of it is that like, they don't have any success and making you care about any of these characters at all. Yeah. It seems like in general that the consensus seems to be for the, for like pop culture that the first Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the better ones ever created. But the Freddy that people love is not that Freddy. He's right. kind of a a two or, two or three. It's really almost three and four too is is yeah, it's yeah, really four, like yeah. the peak of but, that Freddy, yeah. the fun Freddy. But there's a very big difference because when you hear yeah. people talk about the movies, you're talking about the first one, this the third one and the fourth one. But when you talk about F- Freddy, the character that people seem to parade around in pop culture and in T-shirts and stuff like it is not the first one. Mm. It is not. It, it, it's interesting how that works. And maybe, you know, if we've, we've talked about this before, Mike Flanagan's kind of thrown around and he has the perfect idea for Freddie. And yeah, I would love to see somebody tackle it. And is, hasn't something changed with like the streaming? So I keep hearing these rumors that something's being developed, but I, I, before I forget, I just want to say you reminded me of sure. another franchise we've covered. There's another franchise we've done in a, in a, a, where we did all the movies in one episode years ago, where the first one is not the tone that people know for the franchise. Do you remember? Ding, 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 ding. Sleepaway Camp? No, uh, Mad Max. 
Mad Max. Mm, like the first, like the movie Mad Max does not yeah, feel like a right. Mad Max movie. It's it's right, called right, Mad right. Max, but it's not a Mad Max movie, you know. God. And and yeah, I yeah, think yeah. and I think that that you're right that if someone is looking for wisecracking Freddy, clever death Freddy, whatever. I th- I think the first movie. I mean, we're, we don't want to downplay that it is right, like right. You said, very clever, but it is. It does. It is like before. If Freddie was always like that, he never would have become like the cultural phenomenon that he became. Like exactly, he became yeah. kind of almost too. He becomes cuddly. a star of the movies, um, and that's why the moment in New Nightmare is so funny when he comes out and he has the same line he actually says at the barbecue. He says, "You're all my children now," but it's like the studio audience that he's saying it to. Um, but no, I think that like you know there aren't that many franchises that have had that much of a chance to kind of comment on themselves as as this one in that way. So there is still something. There is still some juice to it. Like I still, even I'd believe. Like when you say Mike Flanagan, anybody, anybody could have an angle that would be like, oh, it would be, it would be curious to see what would be the exciting take. And I guess maybe that would be where we can wrap it up. I was hoping we would rank the movies, but also we should maybe say, uh, what, uh, where would you go next with it? Like Mike Flanagan has a take. Like what do you think would be the, the ticket to making this? You know, taking the the let's say Nightmare on Elm Street is the brand name to making that work for. 2021 and beyond what, what you know what would you like to see ronald now that you've seen now that you've been forced at knife point to see them all <clears throat> um, i think pace is a we need we need death we need the pacing and freddie has to be kind of a i loved i think i think i want i want sort of one thing that hasn't been done since the first one is the interpersonal relationships haven't been done quite as well as this, as the first one. Nothing quite feels like the relationship that the kids had in the yeah. first one. We need that. Yeah. Somebody needs, there has to be maybe even a comedy writer that knows how to write that relationship between the characters. That's important because whatever happens around them is going to be interesting if the characters are dynamic and interesting and you care for them so maybe at the heart of it we need good character relationships and then everything else you know freddie is kind of a a kind of a feel of so let's say let's say this is your michael keaton freddie movie how do you what are are you rebooting are you just doing like part eight but it's just a new guy like what's your what's your what's your in so i think I think the end is going to be that it's going to be a sequel. It's going to be a, a sequel to, oh God, what was the last one that? I mean, I guess t- in continuity, I guess we're saying Freddy versus Jason is the Freddy last. Okay. Jason, yeah. Is the last true Freddy, Freddy versus Jason, right? So there's another gap in his 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 legend. People aren't talking about him quite as much, and so whatever power creates this version of him. Whatever fear they they cause, which is which I think should be a series of like viral videos on like TikTok or something like that. People dying in in their sleep, like it's like a challenge that happens. Maybe a challenge happens, and in this challenge, people start to die because this is bringing back sort of Freddy or whatever. And then we find out the person that starts the challenge is a descendant of Freddy. That's one. And that the legend of him creates a new version of him 
that makes him look slightly different. So that's why he looks different. It's like it's kind of like the the legend of him. Like, you know, you saw you, people haven't seen him in a really long time. You've only seen T-shirts and stuff like that. But when when he materializes, he looks slightly different because the legend has changed a teeny bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of like telephone. So that's my idea. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Steve? And, and are you going with the Michael Keaton casting or are you going to bring someone else in to read? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll probably go with uh, I'll I'll take Kevin Bacon just also for the okay. uh, just still have a little Friday the Thirteenth uh, vibe in in my Freddy remake because uh, you know he was in Friday the Thirteenth. Um, <laughs> I don't know, like I really do feel like I kind of want them just to reboot it. I I, I mm. really do love the 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 bones of like the Nightmare on Elm Street story. Like yeah. I I feel like what the the remake was trying to do um isn't far off from what i would probably want to see it be i think like something like along the lines of what you're saying is like you know how do you make it relevant today and like you know the idea of i i think more of the idea of like how fast cycles are now in terms of what we forget and what we remember and like what you're hit with every day i think the idea of like how long could a legend live in today's world, you know, with before being replaced by like the next trending thing, kind of like what you're saying on like a TikTok trend or a TikTok challenge. If it's not something like that, it's just this idea of like the short attention span where like you can't even remember to do things that you need to be doing, you know, let alone like some legend from your parents' time. And uh, I think so tying it into something like that, you know, just how fast news travels now and how fast we forget it. And um, it just it's simply in terms of like how to make it more relevant and try to try to like bring it into, you know, a younger generation that would maybe want to see uh, how like this horror icon could could be involved in things that they're maybe really using these days. You know what I mean? Like something relevant uh, beyond just dreaming and nightmares, um, because the other thing that I was like thinking about when you were mentioning the TikTok thing is like another interesting way of like, you know, of modern day and technology is like, you know, you have all these apps and you have all these devices that help you sleep and, you know, that really encourage sleep. And that seems like a gateway to, um, I don't know. I don't know exactly how you would do it, but like, that seems like that's today, you know, like everybody's so busy and everybody's so tired and so distracted that like there is an effort and there's an industry around making you sleep and, you know, the idea of fighting sleep to avoid a serial killer uh, in that space is is interesting to me, I think. You know, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about, like, what would I like to see? I don't usually like dream sequences in movies, or I, I feel like sometimes narrative time is given over to dream sequences, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I spending yeah. time with this? But I think that in this series, I would feel differently about that you know, doing something interesting with dreams. So I had a couple of interesting thoughts. One, um, I'm going to bring in Mr. Michael Rooker to play Freddy in my, uh, in my Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. So we're going to have a sort of a, a, a little bit more of a redneck vibe, but he's going to have that craggy, like wily guy who might be playing dumb and you just don't know. But I'm going to spend more time in the dream world at the beginning of the movie. 
and have a scenario where you gradually see, and I, I was thinking, you know how like in being John Malkovich, there's that moment where you go into the mind of John Malkovich and everybody is John Malkovich. Have a person who's going through weird shit in their life and do that thing where Freddie starts popping up as like a bus driver and a waiter and all that kind of shit, but gradually have a person like, this is all they're seeing. Like, have, a, have the moment when you realize the person is dreaming be like a psychedelic moment in the movie that you've been following. Maybe it's 10 minutes in or something and you realize the whole thing you've been watching is a dream and kind of play with dream layers, almost like an inception type thing. Like have it so that someone is like harnessing Freddy or using Freddy to like get into people's dreams and get information or something like that. And then it, so he's, maybe he's got a farm of people like, in, like that, those coma people like in a facility, and we gradually realize we're seeing the dreams of all these people that are being induced to dream about Freddy because this person is trying to get information or something, but then it just all goes crazy and Freddy, you know, starts starts killing people. So it would be cool if, like, Freddy's kind of in the Jason spot from Freddy versus Jason of some someone has, has harnessed Freddy, has figured out how to bring him back and kind of weaponize him, and then Freddy sort of gets out of that yoke and, you know, kills everybody at the end. But anyway... But I think the fun would be going, what is this, like the, the inception thing of like, wait, what layer yeah. are we in right now? Is this person awake? Is this person dreaming? I think a really clever script could make good use of that rather than it being almost like an afterthought, I find that in, as these movies roll along that, like I said, it's very arbitrary. They just put you in a dream without really setting it up. And you don't really think about, sometimes the logistics in these movies confuses me. It would be fun to actually yeah. use that as a as a tool to sort of confuse you as to what's happened. And I guess, too, the idea that Freddy's got some kind of a plan, I kind of liked that in Freddy versus Jason. So I like the idea that maybe halfway, it's like almost a heist, like the way Inception is like a heist movie, put but in dream form. This could be like adding that layer to a, you know, if I was pitching it to New Line, I would say it's Inception meets Freddy Krueger, so... You know, find, but find some way to really make the audience enjoy the ride of wondering if it's real or not, as opposed to what these movies normally do, which is just muddling that to the point where you don't really care and you can't really tell yeah. what the tale you're yeah. supposed to be thinking. So there you go. <clears throat> yeah. And then we can have a mashup where Michael Rooker, uh, Kevin Bacon, and uh, uh, Michael Keaton all f like a multiverse battle, like a, you know, there it a, is. a Freddy verse. So. Brooke is a really good casting for Freddie, man. He's a little too country, but I think he could do this the the wisecracks in the middle of a scary scene and keep it scary. You know, that's what yeah. made me think. It's he's he he can do that. He can be menacing and funny. Yeah. I like it. So there we go. That's what we'd do. Three white men that we cast as Freddie. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's one of those, those things. things. He's such a jerk that that like flipping it gender or flipping it racially doesn't really help anybody. You know, like you're supposed to hate yeah. Freddie, so it doesn't really help anybody to say that he's, uh, you know, that you're gonna you're gonna be more modern with your your casting. <clears throat> the other thing I was thinking was like, and I think Halloween, like the 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 newer Halloween, David Gordon Green Halloween, kind of started with this as a plot device. And there's other movies that do this, but I think like even this being a podcast, like the idea of you know, uh, what do you call them? Like uh, armchair investigators or whatever, like, you know, like exploring uh, not a found footage thing, but like, you know, the idea of like a podcast or a true crime thing or something trying to like, you know, do research or unearth information about this legend of Freddy Krueger. Like that would be probably like a modern relevant uh, in, in, in like inroad to, mm -hmm you know, like include Freddie in, uh, 
you know, people that would, would listen to that podcast, you know, and then maybe listening to the podcast has some means of like getting him access to them once something happens, Ooh. but uh, something what like about, that. What about an investigation on Hypnosis? What if it was like a, right. a documentary series? Oh yeah, like one of those follow the money things about Yes, Hypnosis. follow the money. And then it just gets into, oh my God, that would be an incredible podcast if you were to like- Play it straight? I've, yes, I've always wanted to do- like a Nightmare on Elm Street, like limited audio. You mentioned that earlier in this series. Yeah. I, When's I the first episode wanna, come out? I yeah. don't know, man. This bootleg renegade unauthorized, but yeah. probably better than anything they've done in, what, 20 years now? <clears throat> God, we might no, I, th- to- I think that hypnosil element could be brought into... That's an, that's like a modern element. Like That definitely would be a piece of my thing with like some scientist experimenting on people and trying to read their dreams and stuff. Like, yeah. You definitely would have the, some drug being used in that. So hypnosil, the scandal of hypnosil. See, I like that. I like that when it's like it wears a different... It wears a different uh, suit. It's like the, it's it's a it's a corporate espionage movie that then yeah. turns into a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. That 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 kind of thing so cool. would be fun to see. Yeah. <laughs> so you see, we've got great takes. Yeah. So we just gave them the away. Rights, just just this is all copyrighted. We're trademark and doing all the <laughs> all the things. Everything we just said. All property of Schnoobie uh, Studios. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope, I hope somebody does something with it soon. Yeah, like the idea of Flanagan having an interest is like obviously just, just makes me just super excited. I've also read like Elijah Wood and his production company like have had expressed interest in uh, trying to get the rights to the remake or to do like a reboot or to do like they they have an idea basically for it. Um, so I mean, you know, just the idea that these are both players in the horror space right now to to whatever degree you you like. You know, like, you know, like speaking about Flanagan, like, I, I love this man. Um, yeah. And I've been hit or miss on a lot of the stuff that Elijah's production company has put out, but they're active and like they're very tapped into like what's interesting now. And like, you know, I think that they probably would have an interesting take or the Nick, uh, what's his name? Nick, Nick Acosta, the guy that did um, the uh, sci fi series. Um, what's that? What's that series called? Um, Channel, Channel Zero. Yeah. Um, you know, he, I think he's expressed more. So he was at some point even involved in like a Friday the 13th yeah. uh, reboot remake um, that didn't happen. But, you know, listening to him on podcasts talk, like he's dipped into the nightmare of it all too, at some point. So these people that we see making great, co- great content, great horror, you know, in this day and age, like I, it's good to at least hear some of their names floating around, whether that comes to fruition or not, because I feel like, you know, they definitely would have, interesting takes on um you know but, but nightmare and friday the 13th are the two that you're just like when is it going to be rebooted or relaunched yeah. or something happen because these are the two you know you have scream now coming up you have halloween Candyman got rebooted chucky's got a series and i mean these are the two titans you know like these are the two big ones and uh you know i just i think like all of the franchises adjusted for box office you know, I think like it's like Friday, Halloween, Nightmare, like in terms of box office. And I think that, you know, the fact that two of those three haven't had a movie in a decade plus in some, you know, it's just that seems like a huge missed opportunity for a studio to be able to get that out there. Um, Steve, I heard something recently that I thought you might find interesting on that show uh, with Gorley and Rust. Yeah. Um, uh, th- they pointed out, I think I think this is accurate. We might have to check it. 
But maybe after Halloween ends, this will be true. But at, it, either after kills or ends, it's the first time since the franchise has started that there are right. more Halloween sequels than Friday the 13th sequels. Like Friday the 13th, like wow. cornered the market and pu- pumped them out and then stopped, you know? Yeah. And, and Halloween has had like slow, like it's been like, the tortoise, you know, versus the hare. Yeah. Like they it just has. keep. There've been the the Rob Zombie versions. There've been the you know. There've been like a couple reboots, a few attempts to do this, to do that. I just think that's kind of interesting to think that Halloween has turned into maybe the biggest one of all these franchises for that reason. Yeah. That like it's the one that they keep coming back to. Maybe it's so simple, and that's why. But it still is surprising. Yeah, that well, you know, the the Friday the Thirteenth remake wasn't even wasn't even bad or poorly received. It was critically reasonably well liked for the type of movie that it was. And I still, fans I talk to seem to like it. It's my favorite Jason is the Jason in that movie. I like the way yeah, he moves and, and his acting. It's Derek Mears, right? He's It's a good yeah. performance. Um, so, I mean, I would have loved to have seen a part two to that movie. Um, but, you know, obviously that'll never happen. But, and also people have been saying, put it in the snow. Have it be like, uh, you know, in the in the winter i mean they just haven't done that yet and it's like why not yeah, i mean i guess you true. can't have you can't have people in bathing suits i guess but they don't do that in horror movies they don't do the cheesecake thing so much in anymore you anyway. can't but you can put them in a hot tub real quick yeah 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 very true <laughs> yeah very true. but blood on the snow come on it's you know it's you know, that's yeah. half your movie right there so i'm i just think itself. there's there's no brainer things that they could be doing that it seems like uh, you know obviously fans of we want to see something good, but I'm yeah. surprised they haven't just put out something competent and and just fine, just to keep it going. You know, with the way these franchises go, because you know it's kind of like a license to print money uh, as long as you keep the budget low. Yeah, and and, totally and the movie doesn't suck. You know, that's the thing you can't do. I don't the 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 the, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake was hurt by the fact that I, I don't think I heard an ounce of good word of mouth about that one. You know, so it's a it's a it's a stinker. Yeah. Stinkeroo. Uh, CGI. That's one thing I wanted to mention. The CGI sucks. The CGI face, giving him Snoke face sucks. Uh, Freddy coming through the wall in the first Nightmare on Elm Street movie is so creepy because it's a practical effect. It does nothing for you in CGI. At all. Same with the mom's death. As corny as that inflatable dummy looks going through the window at the end of the first Nightmare on Elm Street, you feel more for that than you do for the CGI face that gets horrible. I mean, it's a horrible death. It's a really brutal thing that happens at the end of this remake. But it's like it's so fake looking that it just does yeah. not does not connect. So yeah, that's another thing that really hurts this one, I think. That's it. That's everything. <laughs> the famous Freddy voice. That's it, guys. Hey. That's it, guys. <laughs> night night. Damn. We've covered a lot. Yeah, this is it. That's our biggest franchise that we've ever we've ever committed to and done. Let's do a shorter one. Next. Let's do a shorter one. Let's do a, let's do just a movie. Let's For do a real. one a one movie franchise. <laughs> I think that's just called a weekly review. Yeah, you're right. But let's do like uh, let's dip into the classics. I think Ronald and I were saying recently it's fun to do like the deep dive into an old movie. Um, so yeah, we'll find a way to get these. You know, we'll keep them regular in the schedule every month or so. We'll try to do sort of a some kind of nostalgia trip, or maybe classic. Even, maybe even go back before the seventies and find some. You know, like okay. Ronald and I Whoa. were saying, like Criterion Whoa, movies happened before something. then. I know it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. There's one thing for sure: there was no sci-fi back then. No, not Absolutely before Oblivion. Not. <laughs> not before Oblivion. Absolutely none. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, cool. Well, I mean, we'll see what nightmare happens in the future. I mean, hopefully it's something soon. I mean, you know, especially if Halloween and Scream and all these movies are doing so well. Hopefully they do well. I mean, being optimistic here, but uh, it's a missed opportunity. And, uh, you know, when it comes out, we'll talk about it here on the podcast, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to throw in here before we start to wrap everything up? Cool. All right. I do want to recommend real quick. I've said it, I think, in uh, maybe all the episodes. If you like any and all of these nightmare movies, the the Nightmare on Elm Street, Never Sleep Again, that documentary, that long form doc that came out a couple of years back or more than a few years back. Um, just like the Camp Crystal Lake uh, memories or murders, whatever that doc series was for Friday the 13th. Like they have these amazing long form documentaries for these titles, these horror franchises and the nightmare the nightmare one is just amazing. Um, and yeah, it's called, I think it's called never sleep again. Yeah. Um, but if you can seek that out, I'm not really sure if it's on any of the streaming services or if you can get the physical media for it, but, um, it is, it is just amazing. Like what they have in there in terms of the productions and just like the fan the fanfare and just everything you'd want to know about nightmare on Elm street. It's just, it's, it's there and it's a great watch. So I, I, you know, as a companion to any of these movies, um, if you go through your own rewatch, like we did, definitely make that a part of it for sure yeah um all right man well that'll wrap up the the, the watch them all for the nightmare on elm street series uh moviesmovie.com is our main site you can find all of the podcast feeds that were available through there whatever platform is out there we should be available if we're not please let us know on all the social medias it's just dot com slash movie schmovie so your instagram your facebook your twitter your youtube and on the youtube we got the video element of the show so if you'd rather watch us then just listen to us that's cool you can find it on youtube um and if you just want the audio portion you can jump from the main website into whatever platform you know apple podcast spotify amazon facebook i think we're everywhere basically so um we say it every episode but if there's an option to leave a review or a rating or anything like that just to let us know what you think of the podcast and also to maybe help us find another audience member that would want to listen to us on a weekly basis it it always helps to kind of like push us up in search results or just whatever that little magic that happens behind the scenes is it, it would definitely help us if you could leave us a any kind of feedback and we thank you in advance for that um We'll be back next week with a probably a normal episode, you know, a standard episode of just kind of catching up on some things. Some of us may have seen some of the new releases. Hopefully next week we'll be able to talk about Halloween Kills, which is coming out the day this podcast drops in theaters and on Peacock. So if you're a a horror fan, you want to probably check that out. And maybe we can talk about the Chucky series, too, that Ronald mentioned a little bit ago. Uh, If we can find that Freddy Easter egg, we'll have to call it out so everybody knows what it is. (laughs) Um, But if you guys are good, I'm good. And uh, as always, you've made our day. Thanks.